Kula, Cannabis Data Science Meetup Group. Happy to have you today, Stephen. My name is Keegan. Got into the cannabis space in 2018. Started out as an analyst at a cannabis testing laboratory and then started developing software and now do data analytics for everyone from laboratories all the way to producers, processors, and retailers. And just here to have this group to provide value because I think, you know, data science is something that's in high demand here. So we'd love to hear about what you do and what you would like to get out of the group and what your interest may be. So love to hear from you, Steve. Oh, me, I'm not actually a data scientist myself. I'm more of a hobbyist. My main interest is cybersecurity which I'm trying to break into and they, uh, they definitely go, go well, well together because like, like these days, cybersecurity is so complex. You need like automated analytics to really be able to manage risk. And the, uh, the other part, part of the group, Pi Data, the part I'm group, group I'm part of, like their main focus is diversity and data science. Well, it's interesting, and hello, Jerry, we'll give you an opportunity to introduce yourself here in a minute. I just want to say real quick while Stephen brought it up, I was actually thinking there's probably a good demand. I don't know if it's discovered yet, but people will probably find out that I think there's probably a good demand for cybersecurity in the cannabis space. So... You know, I'm sure people that are savvy are investing in in that. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for you because everyone's concerned about it, um, whether they have, you know, itemized that as one of their concerns is another thing. But I think it's definitely on people's minds. Uh, one of the issues is it seems like pretty much like 99.9% of developers don't think about security at all. True. Well, I, well, I don't know if that's true, but I, that's an interesting statistic, but I think, I, I think it's something that should be on people's minds. Like you said, it may not necessarily be. So, in, you know, the can, cannabis space, you know, it's, it's, of concern and you know for example retailers they go to great extent to secure their facilities and sometimes they don't think it's fair when people are lax in other regards in the industry so they say hey you know we're going to these great extent to secure our facilities you know make sure your say your data facilities are up to snuff and you know you're taking all the necessary precautions and other aspects of work so I'd long story short i can go on and on about this so great to have you here Stephen. oh yeah definitely hopefully i'm into uh, the cannabis myself a bit that would be why so, so i'm hoping like learn what i can besides like about development maybe like some other aspects of cannabis industry that i'm not aware of Well, without stealing the show, Jerry, would you be interested in introducing yourself to the group? You're 
they've got some awesome endeavors. So here's an opportunity to brag about yourself here. If you want, Jerry. Me? I'm, yeah, uh, you want to go well, ahead good morning, everybody. I'm a uh, marketing uh, guy. And uh, recently uh, took a boot camp in uh, data analytics and learned a little bit of Python. So I know enough to be dangerous. I am the world's worst typist and a terrible coder. Uh, so when I start to work on uh, on a project, like I, I, I'm trying to map some of the data that, that, that it's been presented here. And uh, it's just taken me a long time, but I'm getting there. And uh, there's, uh, as, as you were saying, Stephen, there's an awful lot uh, to be learned about about cannabis, and, and uh, just a lot of uh, information and insights that uh, sophisticated data analytics can provide to the industry. And I, I think uh, this is a great place to be to discuss those ideas and, and see how uh, you know how we can develop it. Exactly. And we're coincidentally going to speed up your endeavors here today, Jerry. We'll be doing some mapping and I can share with you the latest. Workflow. Well, you know, I took a boot camp and it was like uh, very wide and not very deep and, and a lot of it didn't stick. So what I, I do is I go back to what I was taught and try and bring in those those uh, techniques and then just build on it. So, for instance, this morning I was doing some research on how to geocode the addresses and learn a little bit but it's, it's step by step but my biggest problem was when i was trying to bring in a data set and i spelled cannabis with an a and i couldn't find my directory anywhere uh and it took me about half an hour to figure that out so that's what i mean about my typing skills well you're, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna be well positioned for today because like you said the first step is the, uh getting the geocoding and then today we'll show you all the value that can be had from so just a, a little bit of work up front can go a long way. So we'll yeah. well, I just uh, actually was reading an article. It's still up on my uh, my screen here about geocode and how to do it. So it's not that complicated. You just have to know the right tools to use. There, uh, there's something in, in Pandas, Geopandas, that uh, I'm looking at. And well, we'll play we with that later today. Get to that momentarily, in fact. So before we do, though, Ryan, would you like the opportunity to introduce yourself to the group and what you may like to get out of the group? Okay, Ryan, feel free to speak up. He's muted. Ryan's muted. Okay, 100% okay. Just feel free to listen along. Oh. All right. Well, without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into it because, Ugh. I mean, Jerry's brought up exactly what we're going to be working on here today. Cool. Awesome. So long story short, want to start with a question for the day. So we keep talking about just, you know, cannabis, the plant, the history of cannabis. Well, it may because Washington's quite a luscious state, but I'm not sure if it, you know, cannabis would, you know, naturally grow up in the Northeast. And so I like to think, you know, humans 
can sort of be this useful tool of the plants, right? And so I think it was going to be interesting just to kind of look at, you know, where is the canopy in Washington State? So, you know, here's one of the things that interests me about Washington State is it, it is a major apple producer. Uh, and and the Hudson Valley in New York State uh, is a major apple producer as well, second in, in the country to, to Washington State. Uh, you know, they call this the Apple Valley sometimes. So I, I think from a, uh, you know, agricultural point of view, it may be very similar to the uh, environment that, that we find in Washington. And, and that's something that's always been of curious to me is, where are cultivations located in relation to other agriculture? Mm -hmm. So we'll, we're just going to scratch the tip of the iceberg today. But long story short, we're just going to start looking at plants. So we can just look at plants by licensee over time. Okay. So. I'll show you what I've been working on here, and then we can just work with the subset of the data here. So long story short, I've been working on augmenting these various Washington State data sets. So Nothing fancy, they're just large and they can really be reduced. So you've got about 40 gigabytes zipped data. And I've, you know, extracted all of this data here. And once you've done that, you're actually looking at around 370 to 390 gigabytes of data, which is really cool because that's coincidentally about how big the Bitcoin blockchain is at this moment. So we basically have like, you know, a bit the Bitcoin blockchain worth of data here. Uh, and this is cannabis data from Washington State from 2018 to 2000, November of 2021. So this is just shy of four years of data. So going to be just slowly whittling through this. So was hoping to have the sales items processed for today, but not yet. So just started with the plants data here. And what you can do is, you know, if you only read in a subset of the data points, so just to show you some of the data points here, like, so for example, from plants, you have a lot of extraneous fields and right. I was just setting out to count the number of plants by licensee and by date. So whenever the plant was created, or when it was updated at last is essentially when I considered it harvested. So only really need a handful of fields here, really just need to know who grew it and when they put it in the ground and when they last touched the plant. 
So and created I'm, at means when they planted? That's what I'm assuming. Um, there are other fields here, like plant created at, plant harvested at, right. but they're not reliably entered uh, in the data. So as you'll see, there are going to be flaws in the data. And in fact, the, the beginning portion of the data from maybe early 2018 may just need to be discarded because it's basically, you'll see, it's basically people are entering their beginning inventory and it looks like a large spike in the data, but it may just be a data entry anomaly. So you'll see, um, but I would encourage you to do your own exploration here because I always think there's a trove of analysis that can be conducted on each and every data point if you've got the right question at hand. So these are just errors in your quiver. And, you know, today I'm just saying, okay, you know, we just need three of these data fields. And so, um, just to open up a terminal here, you know, you're basically taking this file that's, you know, 12.9 gigabytes of data. And I've already counted these here. Um, this is 22 fields. So, you know, if we just use, you know, three of 22, we're only using about 14% of the data. So, you know, we are only using, oops. we're only using about 1.8 gigabytes of data. So we can actually just go ahead and read in the entire plant's database if you have 1.8 gigabytes of available memory. So you're taking this problem of, oh, do you have 13 gigabytes of memory? And now you're reducing that to a factor of, you know, one, one fifth at least, where you just say, okay, now I just need two gigabytes of memory. So I know I'm sort of going on a tangent there, but it's it's useful to find tricks like this because sort of the topic of the day is statistics on big data. And so the idea is it's tricky just to calculate simple statistics. And if you are able to wrangle these big data sets, then just these simple statistics can be quite informative. Okay, so long story short, you read the plant's data in here, and then we're just going to iterate. Um, I still have a portion of this data left to, to read, but I'll just demonstrate what it looks like, and then I'll show you the initial portion of the data. So long story short, we just read in the plants, 
and just parse this, um, you know, day by day here. Um, so long story short, let's just look at the data. So this is sort of the baking part of the show where this is, this is how you prepare your ingredients. And now we're, we're just going to pull the, the baked piece of bread out of the oven. Um, so I'm still aggregating this data. So I'll send you the complete data set after the presentation today. But basically what we get here is we get a daily count of the plants as well as the cultivators. And what it looks like is not all cultivators have plants in the ground at all times. Um, but that's something that warrants more study. But you can at least get, you know, the total number of plants over a day. And that, the numbers we're looking at are the total plants in the ground on that day. Is that what that means? Exactly, the total number of plants that are active. And so this is my first crude attempt. And so the, these could be any way that people are keeping track of their plants. Um, so what would cause a rise of 37,000 plants in one day and then go back down to like almost 40,000 plants less the next day? They're harvesting or I don't understand the data. Well, these were why there's the, these first few observations are a bit anomalous. So okay. let's go ahead and plot this data because it is quite interesting here. Um, okay. Okay. So this is stuff you can do here. We're just going to focus here on the Canvas Data Science Code. And I'll post this to GitHub afterwards. Just still need to, um, I still need to clean it up a bit. Um, so pardon the the Brent work we're doing here. But let's go ahead and look at these plants here. So let's see here. So this is how you go about cleaning the data. We're just going to go ahead and read in the pre-cleaned data. And we're just using the test data because we still need to complete the full data set. We can at least look at the data so far. So for example, if we just want to look at total plants so far, do I still need to collect about a year and a half or so of data? But, oh, okay. yeah. but you'll see in the 
you know, the first few days here, so say that we just want to look at the first 40 days. There, it looks like there's a bit of data entry going on. Um, so maybe people are just entering in their plants and harvesting them right away. I don't want to conjecture too much because I barely looked at this data. Um, this is sort of my first pass at looking at this data. So as you can see, I'm still collecting it. Um, I've only collected it through July of 2020 at this point. So still collecting these, still have a little more than a year's worth of data to collect. So that's just uh, the, the processing is slow. And so if you have ways that you can improve this, this cleaning algorithm where I'm basically just calculating total plants by day, day by day, then you can speed this up. But for now, the algorithm's slow. But we can do a lot with this. And so long story short, we can go ahead and start plotting it. So that way we can get a, rough idea of what our figures will end up looking like. Um, what's the word for it? Uh, we can do a proof of concept of some figures, and then we can do the final copy once all of, the, all of this is said and done. So we'll start mapping here in a second. Since we already have these daily plants pulled up, we can actually look at this as monthly and weekly because that may, it'll be less static than the daily so we can get maybe a better plot here. So let's try to look at this monthly plant. So, so long, long story short, you can look at the number of plants and just wanted to show you that we can actually even, you know, group these by, by licensee. So that way you can see, you know, which licensees are growing at which times. And we've talked about entry and exit before. And so... I think this would be an interesting game theoretical. Here, I'll pull up the data and then I'll explain the model. So, you know, so we've got a nice panel data set here with some identifiers. So we've got our panel data going over time. So we've got time and the individual dimension is the licensee. And then we have our time series, total plants. So we can track how many plants each licensee has in the ground at any given time. And like I said, this is first pass. So take the data as a grain of salt and just know that things may be not counted right. So I highly encourage you to look at that algorithm. This is just my first pass at 
and looking at the data. So what's cool is we've got this nice identifier. And so we talked last week about augmenting the data. So we can augment the licensee data and go ahead and get the latitude and longitude, which are variables that Jerry was interested in. And I realized last week we basically coded latitude and longitude as strings. If we code them as floats, then everything you know goes through smoothly. But here, just reading in the licensees data, which will visualize momentarily. Just getting the name. So this there's just a couple uh, test cases in here, but the rest are active licenses. And then you just have latitude, longitude. Those were the, the, the only variables we needed. And long story short, you can, you know, begin vision. So long story short, we had just our simple panel data where we just have well, that's just our daily data, which is even more simple. That's just the time series. We actually have a nice panel data set here where we've got date individual. We can augment this. And so we'll augment this with our licensee data. We're merging. So the thing about augmentation is we basically just need a nice field we can merge on. So basically, just think about a Venn diagram and we're just going to basically merge these two objects. And so we'll merge on this ID. And then we get a nice geocoded data set. And the problem I had last week was all of the geocodes were strings and they need to be floats for all the plotting to go through correctly. So simple fix, but uh, threw it through me for a loop last time. So we've got our data here. And we can even, you know, visualize this as, you know, panel data. Um, so whether you want to group this by month first or ID, or you could just group this by ID and then month. Uh, well, maybe maybe you can, maybe you can. Um, so, like I said, th th that was not really our uh, main focus here. So let's get on. Let's get on the plotting because, long story short, we've got some awesome data. Rule number one: look at the data. So we're, we're just going to start off with a simple map here since we've got the licensees data. So just reading in the licensees again with one more field, the type, so that way we can look at the licensees 
specifically we're going to exclude some of the minor licenses just because just to kind of save space on the map and you'll see here in a second so long story short the code's boring so if you're interested in the code i'll let you look through it afterwards on github but we're just making a simple base map i'm specifying some latitude and longitude coordinates of washington state and then there are some formatting functions but what's cool is we're basically I'll, I'll run it and then we can talk about uh, the code so basically what we're doing here is we're putting a bubble at each location so for now we're just going to color code these by license type here and so i'll open this up as an actual figure so that way we can see this in full here so that is very interesting so so here we have sort of the first visualization and what we were talking about last week is what's cool about data augmentation is we can begin to visualize multiple dimensions of the data in two dimensions. And so here we're visualizing the geographic dimension, latitude and longitude, and the type. So, you know, we're able to visualize three dimensions here on this one map. And, you know, the, there's ways you can make this more complex. But any thoughts at first year or anyone? So the orange is the dispensaries. Let's see, orange will be people who are doing processing. Processing. That's production. So okay. So the reddish color is dispensaries. Exactly. Okay. And I think it'd be worthwhile to plot major cities here because basically you have Seattle, Olympia. This is Vancouver. Well, it's, it's interesting that it's, it's all close to, uh, a lot of the stuff is close to water. Which... Exactly, because a lot of the cities are close to the water. So, you know, um, in particular, the Seattle, Tacoma. Right. And Olympia. you got the Cascade Mountains with that, you know, big empty area in the center, pretty much. And then to the east of the Cascades is desert very dry it, it, it's an arid area so it, exactly and it, it's a good place for these cultivator producers right. so people doing cultivation and production and and you know just a, a few outposts There's a lot more blue to the east of the mountains than to the west it looks like Stop definitely going. a lot more green it looks like um you don't see too much many green dots the cultivators here mm -hmm. in seattle um that's what i observe you still see some a lot of 
processors, it looks like. Or not a lot, but it's a handful. Right. So, so I, this is what we wanted to do uh, last week. So we'll keep trailblazing. And so I'll um, get this data shared with you afterwards. So that way you can actually do this. Um, because believe it or not, I think in um, an old meetup, we geocoded these at one point. So we'll, it, I'll share the latest data with you because it'll just have the, the latest licensees geocoded. And if you also want to, to find the script yourself, um, basically I'm just using uh, the Google Maps API and I'm just pinging them one by one with the, the, uh, the address. Um, so I'm just formatting it street, city, state, zip, and asking them for the latitude and longitude and keeping track of them. Cool. But long story short. That's coming, uh, from, that's coming from Google Maps all that. Exactly. And so they have their own terms. Uh, um, so they've got usage limits. So they, you may be able to make so many free calls, um, but they generally want you to be passing them um, an API key um, and they, they will bill you <laughs> to a certain extent if you make too many calls. But I think data is valuable. So, you know, you can get these, you know, latitude and longitude points. Um, so feel free to use this function it generally works with any data as long as it's a data frame with street, city, state, and zip. You have to try the Microsoft map? I haven't, but I've been thinking about, you know, looking at different tools because, uh, you know, you want to have different options for people. You don't want to just force people um, into this certain solution that may be paid. So. I'm sure Microsoft will find a way of monetizing it. For now, this is just an old function we wrote a long time ago, so I use it. Um, but we've got the licensees geocoded now, and so now I was going to show you a novel visualization, um, and I think it's pretty cool here. Um, so. We've got our plants and we've got uh, a location of all the cultivators. So I figured, okay, let's try to plot even more dimensions on this map here. So here, I'll just do it for uh, the first observation and then we'll do it for all of them here. So just going to be looking at the geocoded plants and I'm going to just look at them month by month since um, well we can do day by day but month by month uh, just uh, to shorten the number of observations for the time being and so but I'll show you what we're going to do here so we just made this map it's a very similar code here except now I'm going to use instead of the hue parameter, I'm going to be using size, S. And we just say, okay, size 
is a function of total plants. I'm scaling it by 10% just to keep the markers under control. You'll see here in a second. Uh, it's all just a function of plants and eventually we'd like to put a legend on here. Um, but I'll just show you the first plot. Let's make sure we have augmented our data correctly and then try this plot one more time. So here we're just plotting plants and for some reason I didn't import all of our helper functions. For some reason we needed that one. Uh, let's try to make this plot one more time. Cool. And so, I think uh, this is essentially, well, Well, maybe this works. Well, I hope uh, we're getting saved now. But anyways, we can start looking at more of these plots here. And so basically what we have here are plants at a particular date. And so Well, sometimes we just have to power through <laughs> some of these technical problems, but I think we've got it mostly figured out here. Okay, this figure is looking a little better. So here it is full screen. So this is actually sort of a misleading month. So this is a month where we're doing a lot of data entry. So let's go ahead and let this play forward a few months and we can start to see essentially where the canopy is over time. So I like to think about it as, you know, cannabis is this biological organism and it's found this creative way to habitate, uh, you know, Washington state. You know, it does coincidentally happen to be a lot indoors, but, you know, here this plant's found this, you know, ingenuous or this ingenious. So you're, you're not differentiating between indoor and, and outdoor cultivation? Um, I, I am not. However, I would conjecture the vast majority is indoor cultivation. There's a small amount of outdoor cultivation done and I know there is greenhouse cultivation done 
but I just don't feel like a, a bolt. And this is just my naive. Would you consider the greenhouse to be indoor or outdoor? My naive prior is almost all of this is indoor. I'm sure there are people doing it outdoor, but it's just um, a different, uh, it's a different product uh, to a certain extent. Okay. Um, well, that, it's so it's hard to maintain the same quality when you do it outdoor. You do see people doing hemp in large scale outdoors. And I don't know. Uh, so I think it's, you know, definitely a profitable thing if you're in the right part of the country. So just anecdotally, I know I've heard people say that, okay, you know, a lot of the Californian cannabis is grown outdoor, but I just, I'm just personally skeptical about places like Washington state. And we brought right. cold and wet. Yeah, I'm. I'm just uh, uncertain as to how much is actually grown out outdoor. Okay. But that's just me talking. So this warrants a lot more investigation. Mm -hmm. And you know, this would be sort of an, an investigative project, but. You know, we do have all of the licensees data here, so I don't know if they would be thrilled about this, but, you know, you could potentially reach out to these licensees, you know, some of them may have websites and just ask them, hey, you know, do you do indoor, do you do outdoor, you know, sort of try to conduct a survey. Um, that would be really the only way you could really get that data point. It's so they don't, nobody collects that information? Not to my knowledge. Um, I think it would be a good data point to have. Uh, yep. Obviously, you're in demand of that data point. Well, so, and, and to your point, it's a lot easier to do quality control when it's indoors. There's, there's pros and cons both ways. So the major con to indoors, just the high energy intensity. Uh, right, so it's you're basically replicating the sun with indoor lights, um, and you know the sun is remarkably good at doing what it does, um, and it just uh, does it for free. But at the same time, you know you are controlling for things like pests. You're keeping a really standardized climate. So it's easy to control because that's what a lot of people say that is the name of the game is climate control right. or environment control, where you just, the, just anecdotally people have said that, you know, the more standardized and right. Well, it becomes more of a manufacturing product than an agricultural product in a lot of ways. Well, I think that's uh, a lot of the ways people are doing agriculture these days, right? They're really methodical about it. So right. they're, you know, they're measuring it and just uh, trying to find out what works, what doesn't, just trying to be as efficient as possible. And you see that happening a lot with cannabis cultivation. Okay. Um, but 
it's just different. Um, and like I said, I don't want to say this is the end all be all because you do see a lot of people doing hemp in Oregon and Washington. Um, but the, uh, that's just not captured in this data set. You were talking about data augmentation. It would be real interesting to overlay the this cultivation. So this would be called like the I-502. So this would be the recreational cannabis. It would be real interesting to overlay this with a map of hemp production. Um, so that way you can see maybe if people are doing hemp in different locations than they're doing potentially indoor cannabis. Awesome discussion there, Jerry. Uh, definitely let me know if you any more thoughts come to mind. But basically, I'm just going to quickly start generating these charts one by one, and then I'll start to tell you about like sort of the grand scheme of all of this. So here we are just generating these charts through time, and we may have to increase the size of these squares. I kind of shrunk them quite a lot. So let's maybe even crank this size up a bit here. Okay. But Okay, and then we can just just run through these real quick. But anyone else from the group? Any questions, comments about sort of the work we've done here today? So this is just sort of a first pass at looking at some plant statistics here in Washington State. And so basically, the first thought I that came to my mind is okay. Let's just get a count of the number of plants and just look at them essentially in a space-time dimension. So we can just look at them in space, so where they're happening in Washington State, and then over time where, so here we're looking at them month by month, um, and we can see you know fluctuations in plants in the state over time. It would be interesting to plot this against shales. Yeah. See how how cult how you know cultivation should lead sales. Okay, so you're so you're thinking do similar bubbles, but by retailer and by sales, and so that way you can see where they how long it takes to get from the production phase to the uh, consumer. I love how you think, Jerry, because that's basically just data augmentation on data augmentation and just adding more and more dimensions to this. Because if we can add the retail dimension, then like you said, you can see how this evolves over time and you can see how you know cultivation will bubble up um, and that may be followed by or preceded by bubbles in retail. 
So, so that that that's brilliant. So you know that will add a lot more, at least another dimension. Um, more than that, depending on how you want to classify dimensions, but it'll it's just another demonstration about how the more you augment data, the more you know you're able to visualize it and essentially tell stories and inform people. So just whatever your goal may be with the with the data. Um, so right now we're sort of just doing a, an exploratory exercise here. So next week we'll start diving into some of these sales items. And so maybe we can try to augment these maps with sales by retailer over time. So here's sale, here are plants by cultivator. So now we can try to add sales by retailer. I wonder why you go from 359 cultivators in June to 46 cultivators in July. Um, this may, there's two things that could be going on here. One, this was, uh, I stopped counting it at a certain point. So I may have uh, just inter interrupted this routine uh, while this was mid count. Um, so, so that's one rookie answer. And the second is there's something going on here with uh, these total number of cultivators and total plants. And so I think it could just be how people are keeping track of their data. So, you know, it, it doesn't really make sense, you know, for, you know, you know, 30 cultivators just to right. just go without plants in the ground for a whole month. Um, so, so there could be oddities to how these cultivators actually record their, their data. So I'm not ruling that out, that there's just weird things going on with the way people are keeping track of these cultivations. However, I do actually think this last one, I think this last chart, you may just want to scrap this for the time being and- Not an outlier. Oh, actually, yeah. So this either was a miscount or there was one period where the Washington State traceability system like sort of had an update and there wasn't much data entry and so this could have been that time period. I don't think it was. I think this is just, I think I just stopped counting this halfway because um, needed to have some material prepared for today's presentation. Um, and so after the meetup, I'm going to finish running this algorithm and you're welcome to run it too. And then I'll share the data with you once, once it's finished. But essentially the idea is you can walk away at the end of the day with a series of these figures. And I think it would be cool to create a video auto 
a sort of a video of this. You got a little animation. Exactly. So I was thinking like, you know, you see things like, oh, you know, the, the trees are uh, like breathing in and out. Mm -hmm. Well, this is sort of, you know, cannabis. Uh, and you can think about this from like a biologist point of view where you see, you know, species migrate um, and, you know, populations wax and wane over time. Um, and so I just think it's interesting that, you know, you can see, you know, cannabis in Washington state, you know, wax and wane over time, um, where in the state it is. And, you know, largely this is a, a human phenomenon. Uh, like I said, it, it wouldn't surprise me if cannabis just would grow here, maybe in splotches here and there because it is such a, a lush climate but you know i would say you know a lot of this canopy is you know because of you know humans maintaining these cultivations so i just thought it was just an interesting observation that you know cannabis has just found a found a unique niche and way to thrive here in the, the Pacific Northwest. Thanks for bearing through all those interruptions, but I think we got on track there. And I, I don't know, let me know what you think of it, but I think we're just, you know, scraping the tip of an iceberg of some real interesting analysis here. So that was just a first pass. The data still needs to be finished, collected. Um, well, the algorithm needs to finish running, and then I'll share that with you because yeah, I think these are valuable data points to have. So let me know if you think of other interesting ways to augment this data. I love the sales idea, so we can add that to the figure, and let's just keep adding layers. I think there's a lot we can do with this. Yeah, unfortunately, I guess it's also not all specifically so new to me i don't really have anything to add but i'm intrigued intrigued enough to continue do you have your meetings like at the regular same time every week exactly so you can catch the cannabis data science wednesdays 8 30 pacific time a.m and then 11 30 a.m eastern standard time and yeah exactly i'll get the code posted to github so that way you can follow through there and then yeah feel free to let me know if you have any ideas or anything you want covered in the group because it, you, know, you mentioned speed like speed of the code i am interested like there's been like a push towards this other la language called julia with so i'm wondering if it would run a lot faster than that I heard about Julia a long time ago. I haven't heard too much uh, noise. I don't necessarily have my ear to the ground. Um, there's a few things that I've been interested in. Uh, I've just been lucky enough that Python's found a bit of a popularity. Uh, I know it's got its you know downsides uh, but i just say oh it's just uh, i gotta go guys thank you very much see you jerry but but yeah definitely we're not 
set in stone with any one tool or the other. So if you have any good tools or uses or you want to share your work, you're always welcome to because this is a platform for, for everyone. So you're always welcome to, if you crunch some interesting numbers, you're more than welcome to share them with the group. Oh, cool. Yeah, that, thank you very much. I'll try, I'll try to make it to next week's one. Uh, I'll try to find find your are you on uh, LinkedIn you can find can Linux on LinkedIn it's a the company I started data analytics company so that's sort of what I spend the bulk of my time and they help just get the videos up uh, make sure everything stays online and up and running so that's sort of the backbone of the group um, but the main presence is the meetup meetup page for now so but we've put together some good work on the canalytics website you can actually find a paper from one of our team members paul kitko so he was a regular while he was pursuing his master's in data science he's in hot demand right now so he's a basically a hot cake since he's got a master's in data science. So we were lucky enough to have him write a paper with sales data in Washington state, which we'll be exploring next week. So if you want a teaser, check out some of his work. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Well, keep your nose to the grindstone and I hope you have an awesome week.